Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, May 19th. Kane's favorite, at least favorite day of the year, 2022. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. We got a lot to talk about with Mr. Marceau on the back end of the show here today from the Sasha Banks and Naomi issue, drama, whatever you want to call it, from Monday's Raw. The statement WWE put out about it. That was you know, the talk of the town this past week on social media, as well as the whole MJF contract status update from AEW. Will he be resigning in 2024? What's his current status? We'll be talking all about that. And the Jokers from last night's men's and women's Owen Hart Cup tournaments on AEW Dynamite. But before then, we got an exclusive interview with Impact star, number one contender currently to the Impact World Championship at Slammiversary, one half of the Impact World Tag Team Champions at the time of the recording two weeks ago, Eric Young, an Impact original, also known for his time in WWE, talking all about his new hockey show, actually. So, like I said, we recorded this two weeks ago, so there is talk of Under Siege that Saturday, which has already happened, come and gone, obviously. But we talk a lot about his new hockey show on the Game Plus Network, Hockey Endeavors, being interested in other sports, balancing all these other things that he does in addition to pro wrestling. Um, his brief time in WWE thoughts on Vince McMahon, his recent return to Impact, killing it right now, what opponents he wants to face, and so much more. A really fun chat with Eric Young here today on WrestleRant Radio. will be up soon in article form as well over on DailyDDT.com, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but with all that being said, guys, if you want to check out new episodes of the show, you can do so every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. So before we get to my conversation with Mr. Marceau, enjoy my exclusive chat with Impact Wrestling star Eric Young. What's going on, guys? Graham Gius and Matthews here with Fansad. It's DailyDDT.com, and today we're talking one half of the Impact World Tag Team Champions and one of the co-hosts on a brand new show on the Game Plus Network, Dangle Bet Sally. I think I pronounced that correctly. You can pronounce, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Eric Young, EY, what's going on, man? No, that's it, man. You nailed it. So uh, dangle is like uh, an inside hockey term of stick handling or moving around a guy. Bet, you know, that's self-explanatory. And Sally is like... Uh, it's a way uh, hockey players say celebration. Oh, good Sally. So they, oh. there's a whole vernacular inside the hockey world, just like the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Dangle Bet Sally, that's the name of the show. That's what I was curious. One of my questions for it was like, what the inspiration behind the show, what, what, what the inspiration behind the name of the show was. And that makes a lot of sense. I'm very... I'm not too knowledgeable about sports in general, just being a wrestling fan. That's just what I am, I guess. But um, that yep. makes a lot of sense. So I appreciate that. But Eric Young, what's going on, man? Thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, good to be here, man. Yeah, it's uh, things things are good. It's uh, been a w- wild ride, and the hockey uh, the hockey world is uh, something I'm very passionate about. And having this new show has been a really cool thing for me. It's it's uh, 
years and years in the making, but it's, uh, it's, you know, we're kind of building it every week and it's, it's something that people have really taken to. So it's, it's exciting for me. So we just started, we're speaking on a Wednesday, May 4th, just started last night, right? May 3rd, airing new episodes, Tuesdays, Thursdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Is that correct? That is correct. So we've been doing the show, um, the same show uh, all season. Uh, okay. we, we were with The Athletic two years ago. We were with Mayo Media Network uh, the year before. And then FTN hired both me and, and my co-host, Chris Meany, to come over and do some hockey content for them. FTN is a, it's a digital brand, but it's uh, kind of like this new, young, up-and-coming place where all the young kind of rising stars in the fantasy space, whether that's basketball or football or baseball, golf, UFC, everyone that's anybody in the fantasy world, uh, they were snatching up. And uh, me and Chris, there were, were kind of two people kind of prominent in the hockey space. Not a lot of people talking hockey. And it's definitely the, the, the redheaded stepchild of the sports world, especially in, in America. Uh, not as much as in Canada, but in America, and that's where the numbers are. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It, I've loved hockey my whole life. Uh, crazy involved in fantasy sports and fantasy hockey, and uh, now having this kind of fantasy centric betting. Um, obviously, sports gambling is taking over the entire world. I mean, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you know about DraftKings and you know about FanDuel and points bet and MGM and all these other people. Uh, Multi billion billion dollar industry and and. Uh, now me and Chris are trying to get our piece of the pie. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I feel like this is such a perfect fit for you, knowing that you've been doing the hockey stuff for such a long time now, doing the talk show sort of stuff, which is cool. And this is just an extension of what you were already doing. And it feels like it's a nice break from, I mean, you've been wrestling for, for years and years. You're obviously a seasoned vet in the game. For you, doing stuff like this and, and kind of doing something totally different from the wrestling space, and you're still very active, obviously, as you said, one half of the current Impact World Tag Team Champions. Is that a nice part of it as well, the kind of, have it be such a difference breather from, from the wrestling sort of things. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I love wrestling. For sure. it's, yeah. uh, I would say other than my, my family, it's the first thing I loved in my life. And uh, I don't think that that's a stretch at all. I don't think that's made up. I think that that's uh, that nails it on the head is like, it was the first thing that I was crazy passionate about, excited to consume it and just lived for reading about it and watching it and thinking about it. And uh, I mean, at this point, I mean, I still do that often. It's, it's still a love of mine. It's still something that I love to do and I love to be part of. I'm, I'm proud of it, but I've always had interest outside of it, you know, uh, always, you know, whether it was a, uh, I did a fishing show with animal planet. I've been doing tons of stuff with uh, fantasy football. I did some stuff with ESPN. Uh, I did, uh, I wrote for, for the athletic uh, hockey fantasy stuff and did a podcast for them. Uh, highly involved in the fantasy football world and like high level expert tournaments and, and crazy, you know, big money leagues and stuff that, that from people uh, that are considered professionals. And I don't think I would consider myself professional. I would, uh, an insane enthusiast is what I would say that I am. It's, it's not how I pay my bills, but it is something that I do a ton of on the side. And I, I'm super passionate about. And uh, the hockey thing is no different. It's, it's uh, hockey is my number one sport. I love football too, but hockey is my number one. I you know grew up in Canada, wanted to play in the NHL found out, you know, pretty early on in high school that I was not a very good hockey player, but I still play to this day. I actually yeah. have a game tonight, 9, 9 p.m. puck drop here in Nashville, Tennessee for a rec league. So, yeah, looking forward to that. That's super cool. Have you always been based in Nashville with the TNA connection? 
Yeah. So I, I moved here actually before starting to work for them. I, I oh, wow. wanted to move down here and make it easier for them to make a decision to hire me because I knew they were interested mm-hmm. But being in, uh, living in Canada and then having to get me a visa and all these other things was was super difficult that's a that's another story that we we could go down that when we have more time but it's a it's a pretty wild story uh but i ended up living in nashville in 2004 and i fell in love with the city man and uh i don't i'm not an original but uh, i've been here long enough now that i can complain about people from california and chicago and uh <laughs> new york moving here and driving up the house prizes and driving up the uh, the taxes and then every and creating traffic everywhere yeah. it is a it is an amazing city though man i've lived here since 2004 and, and i could live anywhere because i fly for a living uh travel for a living and uh but i choose i choose nashville that's, that's it's, awesome. it's one of my favorite favorite cities in the entire world you didn't have to relocate to florida for that for the nxt tenure or no 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 i was oh, one of the lucky God. ones i they never asked me to i i awesome. you know, when i had my meeting with hunter i said you know, if it's something that's required, I'll do it. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I said to him, if I'm talking, you know, Eric DePaul right now, uh, I'm past doing Hindu squats and back rolls. I've done that. You know, I'm, I've been on TV for 15 years. And uh, if you want me to come down and do Hindu squats and back rolls, I'll do them just as good as anybody there. But I have a life here. I'm married. I My wife has a good job here. I have a beautiful home. And I had no interest in living in Orlando. And uh, they, I was one of the lucky ones that they never, never asked me to do that. So That's awesome. I feel like nowadays, I mean, they're not, I guess, hiring wrestlers anymore. I guess it's all athletes and no. stuff like that. But <laughs> I guess we're past that phase. And, guess- and, and an interesting choice. But yeah, that's that seems to be the recipe. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I feel like he kind of arrived at the perfect time. It was actually, weirdly enough, I think today, what is it, 2022? Six years ago today, I think you made your NXT debut on May 4th, 2016, on television anyway. Obviously, yep. it was taped prior to that point, but the coincidence of talking here today. But going back to the hockey thing real quick, going back to the sports and everything you mentioned with the talk shows, I feel like you're n- not a rare breed, but there's not many wrestlers that do that sort of thing as far as have a completely different life outside of wrestling as far as the sports talk shows go. I know Miz has like the fantasy football stuff. He does that sort of stuff. Renee Young I, does I, that sort of stuff. I play in a couple of years with him. I smoked him every year. <laughs> you can ask, you can ask him when you talk to him. He's a good That's dude, funny. man. Good, really good guy though. Did you know him before getting to WWE and doing that sort of stuff or not? Yeah, we had talked through the fantasy football space had kind of gone back and forth on social media and stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously I knew who he was. Um, I don't know if he knew who I was through wrestling, but he definitely knew who I was through the fantasy football space. That's cool. Uh, we played in a couple leagues together and uh, he, you know, I mean, he's, he was really good at it at one point and he just got so busy doing, you know, television shows and everything else with their crazy schedule. Um I was basically unemployed and sitting at home. There was no way he was going to beat me. I had nothing but time on my hands. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like Rollins was in that space too. I know he's an avid football fan too. Yeah, he was in the league too. There's a it's a it's a who's who of the wrestling world in that, and I still play in that league with those guys. So it's it's cool and it's, to keep my ties there. And you know, and wrestling is such a small world, uh, especially with the, the performers that like you just meet everybody at some point or another. You cross paths and you know, working for TNA and then working with NXT and then the main roster and now back at Impact, like you just kind of cross paths with everybody. And and, and that's cool for me. I, I love meeting new people and um, experiencing things. I'm a very experiential person. And I think that's where like doing the stuff outside of wrestling, I love wrestling, but I don't want it to consume my life 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Um, so there's all kinds of other things that I, I'm into and doing. And, and uh, it's cool having the blue check mark and, you know, being a TV personality already. Mm-hmm. I have this huge built-in audience and, and companies are attracted to that and they should be. Uh, 
you know, the Hogan originally, you know, obviously the rock has done it in another stratosphere, but you know, those guys have the same tool belt that I have. I'm not comparing myself to Hulk Hogan or the rock. <laughs> I mean, like not, I'm not, but what I'm saying is, is they came from the same industry I came from yeah. and have proven, you know, no one more so than the rock has proven that it gives you a skill set that's second to none. And, and he says it and I say it too. I will not be outworked. You know, I've done a thousand things, 10 times worse for half the money that you've done. So yeah, I just won't be outworked. And, and uh, that's something that he always says. And it's very, very true. That's awesome. I feel like with that sort of stuff too, I mean, you've been doing it for so long, as you mentioned, you've been doing it for a while and you're so passionate about it, which is super cool to say. Was there ever a point in doing all of this stuff that there was an adjust, not an adjustment period, like where you had to find your footing, you really felt like you were, I mean, obviously doing wrestling, you're already kind of on TV anyway, but like the Animal Planet show and stuff like that, there might be a different adjustment period, if that makes sense. Like, did you have to find your oh, footing sure. sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, it is a different world. I mean, the reality yeah. is, is this is, is there is nothing like pro wrestling in the world. You know, it's uh, for me, and that's why, what I love about it is, is it is sport and it is acting and it is improv and it is marketing and it is sales and it is all these things and it's all of these things at the exact same time you know it's uh i did community theater and i've done stage on stage performances in high school and after high school uh it it, there's lots of elements of live theater that it takes from but Mm -hmm. at the same time like you don't practice it like you practice theater because it's dangerous and it is sport where it is physical and you have to be athletic and have to be in shape and have to do all these things, but you're not technically competing against each other, yeah. but you are, you know, it's a, it is a, it is a beautiful, weird kind of singular thing. And what that does is gives you tons of skills uh, in all those things, you know, and improv was a huge part of the fishing show that I did. Uh, but also, you know, being in front of a camera and being comfortable. And I've, I've always had that, I think, as a kind of like a, a natural where I just I don't think about the camera being there. I'm just being me it is for lack of a better term. I'm just kind of doing what I would do anyways. And they just point the camera at me. Uh, I don't <laughs> think about it being there. I, you know, I don't I don't worry about it being there, um, even though, you know, oftentimes there's millions of people on the other side of it. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a, it's been a really cool journey for me, man. And wrestling has opened a ton of doors for me and uh, I will forever be grateful f- for wrestling and wrestling fans and people who have supported anything I've done. Wrestling, football, fishing, hockey. Are there any like hidden interests or talents that you have that your fans don't know about? No, I mean, I think that all of these things are things I'm passionate about. I, I love uh, cinema. I, I love movies. And, uh, I was in a, you know, I've done a couple commercials and I've mm-hmm. done a couple things here and there, small stuff. Uh, but that's something that I've always been interested in. Um, you know, I, I would love to be in an, an action movie and do my own stunts. I, I would grow my crazy beard out again and be a, a bad guy in a Western, you know, like <laughs> I, I, I still, that's something that I aspire to try and, and, and do. Um, it's hard when, you, you know, you have three or four different jobs, you know, when you play hockey and you work out and you're married and you're, you know, being pulled in a thousand directions and flying yeah. all over the place, you run out of time. You know, there's a, there's only 24 hours in a day. Uh, I don't require a ton of sleep. I've, I've always been good that way, but I do have to sleep sometimes. Uh, so that <laughs> makes my time very limited. That sounds like a Vince McMahon type thing. I, he was saying on Pat McAfee show that he wakes up at like one 30 in the morning or something. Yeah, I don't even know how that's a- possible. 
he's a bona fide crazy person for sure. And, and I have said this in other things and uh, he's not my favorite person that I've worked for, but I have nothing but respect for Vince McMahon. He is a tireless worker. He, you know, he envisioned what wrestling could be. And I'm sitting in this amazing house and this amazing subdivision. I have this amazing life because Vince McMahon refused to accept that wrestling wasn't mainstream and, and, and anybody you included uh, you know, have this side thing and, and there's AEW doesn't exist. TNA doesn't exist. Yeah. Ring of Honor doesn't exist. None of those places exist without him. And uh, we all owe him, owe him a massive grat- gratitude. And, and I will always say that uh, he was always kind to me. Uh, he was never disrespectful. Um, he just missed, you know, and I told him that in his office, you know, four or five weeks before I got fired. I said, if you don't have 10 minutes on your three hour show for me to do something, then you failed. And I would say it to his face again. And, and he did. He failed. He failed himself. He failed his company. He failed wrestling fans. And he failed me. Um, not the first person he missed on. Won't be the last. Kenny Omega didn't last six months. He's the best wrestler in the world. Bell to bell. I don't think it's arguable. And he was there for six months and got fired. So they're just busy making billions of dollars. They're not concerned about my opinion or your opinion or anyone's opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just the way the world works. And the quicker people accept that, I mean, I think uh, the, the easier everything will be, but that's it is it. crazy, man. You yourself have had just an amazing last two years. You've had a great career in general, but the last two years since the departure from WWE, going back to impact almost immediately when your 90 days were up, you know, winning the world championship soon after having a great run there, um, you know, as the world champion, now one half of the world tag team champions turning heel violent by design has been great. And you mentioned earlier, I, I don't think anyone, if they weren't aware of your acting experience before you saying that it makes complete sense, obviously with all the characters that you've had over the course of your career, but some none better than what you're doing right now in impact. How have the last two years been for you? Yeah, the last two years have been amazing. I've got the word fate tattooed uh, on the inside of my right arm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's something that I believe in. And I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I said this in an interview earlier today, and I've said it a thousand times and and I mean it, it, I've never had more fun in my 26 plus years of wrestling. You know, it's uh, it's an amazing place to work. It's amazing roster. In, In my opinion, it is minute for minute, the best professional wrestling show on TV. It's made by professional wrestlers for professional wrestling people. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's a little bit of something on every show. Um, There's surprises, there's hard hitting matches, there's comedy, there's, you know, there's everything, you know, everything. Uh, And it's cool to be part of something like that. I I get that we're the, you know, the the little fish in the big pond and and that's okay. You know, that uh, that's what television is now, you know, it's niche. And it's, uh, if you're into cars or you're into motorcycles, there's, there's a show every hour of every day about cars and motorcycles. So we're, you know, we're competing with that. And the fact that we, you know, get the viewership that we do and, and the fact that the sponsors are, are, are coming in more and more, um, the, the scope and the reach of the company is, is growing kind of each and every week, each and every month. And that's exciting to be part of, man. It's, uh, it's super cool. And it's, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm having the most fun I've ever had, um, really able to sink my teeth in and do some things and uh, do things the way I kind of like and uh, what I think people like as well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not just doing it for myself. Like, I mean, in the end, I'm not the one watching the show, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just the one performing. So I'm, I'm always trying to think of different ways to keep it fresh and keep it interesting and, and uh, but still, you know, stick to the core values of what I think good wrestling is. And, and uh, that all comes down to storytelling. There's nothing more important, um, in wrestling and there never will be 
And uh, there's tons of ways of doing that. But every every second of every time someone sees me, that's an opportunity to tell my story. And I, and I don't take any of it lightly. I mean, especially the promo, I would say you cut right before what was it? The March event um, sacrifice. It was on the last impact before. I know you were retweeting the praise and stuff like that. It was a fantastic promo, probably the one of the best that I've seen of yours in the, in the 20 years I've been watching your work. It's been it was great. And like you said, I feel like impact right now not even just because I'm talking to you right now. I think people need to stop sleeping on impact as far as like one of the best weekly sure. wrestling products out there. I mean, it's crazy to looking at the talent roster, having originals such as yourself there. I mean, I know you said you don't consider, Oh no, you were talking about Nashville originals, but obviously you're a TNA original having yourself on the roster. And then everyone else that's come in, in the last six months, people that have come and gone in like a good way, not in like bad terms, but like people that are only there for like six months, to do a storyline, wrap up that storyline, move on to something else. And I think having, having this open border policy, so to speak, between all the companies and impact really is the forbidden door. I mean, working with all these promotions makes it that much better. So you as a performer, seeing all these companies working together, AEW, Ring of Honor now, and Impact being, I mean, even there was an Impact, you know, Mickey James was the Impact Women's Champion, the Knockouts Champion in the Rumble, yeah. and it was acknowledged on screen two months ago. I think people got to stop sleeping on Impact at this point. I mean, I know you would agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm having a biased opinion because I'm part of it. But the <laughs> yeah. reality is, is, is I, I, you know, I, I try to pay attention to what's going on, and, and uh, I would argue with anybody, and I get like. You know, some people love the WWE and some people love AEW and I'm not telling you not to love those things, sure. you know, like uh, just everything in, in, in the world now has got to be so divisive. And so like you're this or you're that. And, you know, I mean, like I watched Monday Night Raw religiously. I watched WCW Nitro religiously. Mm-hmm. I watched ECW television out of this broken down bingo hall religiously. I, you know, I watched USWA shot out of Memphis, Tennessee, religiously, Smoky Mountain, religiously. I watched it all and consumed it all. And there's no reason wrestling fans can't do that now. I mean, like it's, it's all made for you. You know, it it is the truth of it, you know, and, and choosing one side or the other, you're, you're limiting yourself, you know, you're limiting your options, you're limiting your scope, your vision. And and that's just a, to me in life, it's the wrong thing to do. Don't, don't close yourself off of because of past experiences or because one, you like this thing. So you can't like another, you can like it all. You know, I I like, I I love the national predators and the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I watch 200 to 300 hockey games a year because I love it all. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't like, Oh, I'm not going to watch the Rangers because I'm a, I'm a Maple Leafs fan. That's nonsense. (laughs) And you shouldn't be doing that. If you're a wrestling fan, you should be consuming it all. Yeah, that and the fact that especially with social media, it, it's a pro and a con as far as the interaction with the sort of stuff goes, but sure. not just not liking the other product. If you don't like it, that's fine. If you don't want to watch it, that's fine. That's but fine. like, you know, making fun of the the, uh, the fans of the other product, you know what I mean? It just makes no sense. And I feel like it might be worse Zero. now than ever. It's very weird. Oh, for sure. Yeah, just, it's a very, very strange thing. And I don't know how we got there, uh, you know, how we're living in this weird thing, but it's it is the world, you know, the world yeah. is just very divisive, especially in North America, you know, you're, you're, you're red or you're blue or you're black or you're white. And I've never looked at anything like that. Yep. Yeah, that's such a closed way of thinking, such a closed way of being, and you're limiting yourself and you're limiting your experiences. You're limiting your joy. Think about what I just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you limit joy? Because you like <laughs> one thing and you feel you can't like the other thing. Yeah. It's all made for you. Consume it consume it all yeah exactly just the unnecessary hate and negative negativity just makes no sense like you said yeah. you don't have to like it all but 
to dislike what other people or like actively go out of your way to, to crap on something that someone else like. Strange I just, behavior. I don't know. I feel weird. sad for those people. Yeah. I'm, most, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even mad. Like I just feel, yeah. I just feel sad for them. I just shake my head and I'm sad. Yeah, no, it is what it is. It's just, uh, and, and we see that in wrestling, it is what it is. But like you said, you got to consume it all. Impact being out there, you know, new episodes every Thursday on Access TV. This new show is tied to Anthem, Game Plus Network. It's all kind of the same umbrella. I mean, this feels like, again, not only the perfect fit for you, and it's an extension of what you were already doing, but having more freedom now. I mean, because you were still doing this stuff when you were in WWE or not so much. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I definitely, I worked for The Athletic. Uh, I wrote, uh, which is, is crazy to think I'm a, I'm a published writer. It's, That's cool, if man. If you've ever read any of my tweets, I have tons of spelling mistakes. <laughs> I get so excited and forget to put periods where they need to be. And, cool. uh, there's tons of software and editors to take care of all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I was writing for The Athletic and doing a podcast for them. It's, it's a great product. It was really proud to work there. Then the coronavirus hit and they basically got rid of that whole department. Mm. And, uh, I was a victim of that. Uh, you know, I was a victim of that, you know, quote unquote, in the WWE. Uh, was was not a fun time uh to to be a, a working professional a person that you know supposed to is does uh works in front of a live crowd um but you know it, it's fate man it's uh i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be um i've done tons of things and there's tons of things on the horizon of me to new obstacles to chat to, to challenge myself and that's the the biggest thing for me is like just kind of what's next you know let's you know move forward look forward work on whatever it is that I'm doing, live in that moment, make that the best I can and, and move forward from there. Yeah. I mean, kind of going off that, are there any other obvious goals that you have for yourself just in general, as far as stuff you want to do in wrestling and in hockey and in talk shows and stuff like that, anything you're actively working toward right now? Uh, with wrestling. I mean, I just kind of continue to, to kind of do what I've done forever and that's, yeah. you know, just whatever's given to me, make it the best that I can. Uh, I think I'm a pretty decent employee. I think I'm a pretty decent uh, person to work with. Uh, in the end, I just want it to be right. You know, that that's the only thing that I've ever been worried about. Uh, I said it in the promo and, and I mean it. I, I'm not political. I never have been. You know, I'm not going to buddy up to somebody. I'm not going to push someone down. I'm not going to step on someone's back to, to get over them. I'm not going to do it. My work is going to do my talking and that's that. And uh, it, it's a cool because, you know, if you're good and, and you do the right things and impact, you are rewarded. You know, I, working with uh, Jay White, that, that's a huge responsibility. I mean, he's a he's a massive star in the wrestling world. And his first serious big singles match was with me. Yep. And that means that the company says, they'll have a great match. People will talk about it. Uh, Jay will enjoy it and Jay will want to work here and want to continue to come back. And he does, he's a, he's a professional and it's such a weird thing. you know, like you get done a match like that. And I, I, I'm in it. I know that it was good. And then people are talking about it and it's almost like they're surprised. And I was like, I don't, this happens to me almost once, once or twice a year where I have yeah. a match that's longer than six or eight minutes. I'm like, Oh man, Eric Young, he's a really good wrestler. Well, I've been a really good wrestler for 25 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not getting worse. I'm getting better. And uh, it, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I think cause it's, I do other things, right. I, I don't just wrestle. I talk and I, I do, I do these other things in wrestling. So I, you know, actual physical wrestling has never been my only calling card, but I can still do it. Uh, surprise. Yeah, uh, no, and, exactly. Uh, it's, it's a cool thing to, to, to see people react that way. And I take it as a compliment for yeah. sure. Um, but the surprise of it is always, it's always shocking to me. Like I didn't forget how <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. eventually I'll get too old and I will be bad at it and I'll retire and no one will ever see me again, but that that's not anywhere close yet. 
Yeah, no, you're nowhere near that point, man. I mean, it's funny looking at it now in 2022. I don't know if Jay White versus Eric Young was a match I ever expected to see an impact or just in general, but we got it and it was great. Are there any more matches on the horizon that you really want to have with the members of the impact roster or elsewhere that could come to impact and you can have that match? Yeah, I mean, the list is long, man. There's a, there's a tons of crazy, talented dudes. Yeah. Uh, the top of that being Josh Alexander, a guy that's oh, from course. Canada, you know, a guy that I wouldn't say that he followed my footsteps by any means. But, you know, I mean, I kind of laid the groundwork for, for, for him. I was already working on TV when he was kind of coming into his own and uh, getting himself in shape and then getting out there and traveling. And, and uh, we, we've shared locker rooms all, a lot of places, but we've actually never, ever touched. So, you know, he's top of the list, you know, him being world champion, obviously is something that, that would entice me. Um, guys like Trey Miguel, uh, Steve Macklin, uh, oh, he's great right now. He's killing it. Dude, Eddie Edwards is one of my favorite guys to wrestle in the world. Uh, I would never be upset. I could wrestle him every day for the rest of my life and be happy with it. <laughs> um, Ace Austin, uh, you know, a crazy young and talented guy. You know, there's, there's, it's endless. I mean, like I'm forgetting somebody for sure, but the, those are the ones that, that kind of stick out at the top of my head. Um, and you know, first and foremost, the Briscoes this Saturday, I mean, we've known each other for years. Yep. You know, we've talked and, and uh, we've always had a pretty decent relationship. I, th- I respect the hell out of them and everything they've done, who they are and how different they are and how mm-hmm. interesting they are. And I think you could probably say the same thing with them uh, for me, um, but getting to share a ring with those guys and we're going to create something special. Uh, you know, there is going to be a tag match that people talk about. Um, you know, FTR is a master of doing this is taking these kind of singular nights and these singular moments and, really making tag wrestling something special tag wrestling has been special forever it's it's so singular it's not like anything else uh there's so many interesting storytelling elements and stuff it's a it's a really unique challenge uh, a fun challenge and working the briscoes at under siege on saturday is going to be uh a long time in the running man i'm, I'm definitely ready to do it yeah, no, absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to that matchup. Again, another match I never expected to see Eric Young versus yeah. the Briscoes in, in 2022. It's crazy. I don't know, just with every door that closes, so to speak, like when the Ring of Honor news comes out, and that's like a negative for wrestling as far as them closing their doors six months ago or so. And now it, it turns into a positive and that we get to see Ring of Honor talent and impact and an AEW working with you guys and working everywhere else. It, it's cool, man. Everything kind of happened. I feel like everything happened for a reason. And we're kind of seeing that right now in wrestling, which is super cool to see. But as we wind down here, man, in addition to the hockey show, obviously an impact and everything you got going on right now, you mentioned earlier, you were a movie buff. I did not know that. I got to know. Well, oh yeah. Two questions before I ask you what your favorite movie is, but are you a star Wars fan by any chance or not? So oh much? yeah, for sure. Yeah. Huge star Wars fan. I grew up on the originals, obviously. Um, like all the new movies, some more than others. Yep. Um, but I like them all. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like that. Like we just had this long thing of people saying, Oh, I like the originals and you know, the new ones suck. And this, <laughs> I, I don't think any, I don't think anything they put out has been, has been bad. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's some that are better than others, but I have enjoyed every single one. There's things, there's elements to each movie that uh, I could do without. And I think some people w- would probably have a different opinion and that's, that's what movies are. And that's the same as wrestling in the end. It's art. It's subjective. And just because it's not for you, doesn't make it bad. You just have to accept that uh, a really good buddy of mine, Jeff Merrick, he does a podcast, uh, a hockey show in Canada, mm-hmm. works for Sportsnet, one of the smartest and coolest guys ever. And he said, once he realized that not everything is made for me, I had a much more enriched and beautiful life. 
not everything is made for you and 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 it's okay it's okay so yeah that's for me star wars massive fan have watched you know i guess four five and six i guess is technically what they are yeah I've watched, the originals you know, yeah each one of those 20 30 times in my life um and i've seen all the other ones probably 10 or 15 times so yeah wow. massive massive fan of star wars that's awesome. I, I ask because obviously we're talking today on Wednesday, May the 4th. So that's why I bring that yeah. up. I was expecting to say you haven't seen a single one. You call you were going to call it crap or something. So pleasantly surprised to hear that you're a Star Wars fan. We got the Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming out in a couple of weeks, which is uh, super cool. A buddy that works, uh, a buddy of mine works for comicbook.com and he sent me the, the trailer a few days ago before anyone else got to see oh, it. Nice. The, the benefit of the blue check mark. And uh, <laughs> yeah, gee, full Star Wars boner the entire time. Can't wait. <laughs> Just saw this morning, got those connections. That's awesome. What about Marvel? Are you a Marvel fan at all? Yeah, I, I mean, still still read comic books. Um, crazy cool. comic book nerd. Um, I don't think I read, I probably read more independent stuff from Boom and uh, like The Boys, like that becoming a series on Amazon. Like I've been telling people about that, that series of comic books for like 15 years. You That's know, awesome. Like, uh, like telling people how amazing it is and they should make a TV show out of it. The books are better. I mean, everyone's going to say that because they're they're really messed up and you can't put that on TV, you can't put that yeah. on Amazon. But they did a really good job, man. The casting is incredible. Um, and, and the storytelling is is pretty spot on. So, yeah, huge comic nerd. Um, I feel like now the world is starting to, to realize what I've known for 40 years is the comic books are amazing. The stories are amazing. The characters are amazing. And it's not nerdy. It, it's it's just storytelling in a different way. And uh yeah, it's it's everyone's finally caught up to where I've been at for 40 years. So welcome to the revolution, everyone. <laughs> exactly. Are you seeing Multiverse of Madness when it comes out this weekend or now? Yeah, I mean, I won't go this weekend, but I'll probably go at some point during this week. I've I discovered my love for going to movies by myself. <laughs> nice. Day. Yeah, Very underrated. Nobody, nobody. It's if you haven't done it, do it. You will not be disappointed. It's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I know you're a little busy on Saturday night, so it might be the wrong day to go do that. But yeah, uh, see yeah <laughs> it's going to be a busy weekend. But last question for you, Eric, favorite movie of all time? It's it's impossible, right? It's like saying, tell me your favorite band. It just Absolutely, depends yeah. on my mood. Depends on my mood. Um, uh, I'll go way back. I, I love the movie Face Off. Uh, I don't think anybody shoots more beautiful action sequences, especially gunplay than John Woo. Um, I had known about him for years through reading stuff uh, online and in mm -hmm. magazines, um, hard boiled and all these other movies that were massive, massive hits in Japan and uh, in, in China. And then him coming over here, he did hard target and it was a complete flop because Van Damme was a crazy person at the time, <laughs> yeah. um, but doing mission impossible Two and face off and all these other, like it, it's just gorgeous to watch and, and it's so interesting uh so face off and i love nick cage and john travolta in that movie they're both like i mean just an insane uh love the first pirates of the caribbean classic love love aladdin love toy story oh lo love speak my language rescuers, love i mean the list is a mile long man love tangled cash uh love demolition man I mean, we don't have enough time to go through it all. It's uh, <laughs> I, I love all movies. I mean, uh, right now, me and my wife, are we just got done Yellowstone and we're watching 1883. And that's, if you're not watching those shows, you're missing out. It's a masterclass of storytelling and drama. And they're, they're incredible. You know, spend the $4 on Paramount, binge them over a course of a couple of weeks and thank me later. They're amazing. I thought Yellowstone was on Peacock. 
uh, the final season they put out on Peacock, but oh, it's a Paramount. Okay. It's a Paramount show. Oh, okay, interesting. All right, I only heard great things about it. I've only I've heard from like oh, a million people that dude. it was a great show. I have, have yet put to it watch it. Time. Put it on your list. I definitely will. That'll be be the first thing I watch after I'm done watching the next Obi Wan Kenobi show and all the. There's there's so much content yeah. out there. Like you said, it's I, it's, dude, I, it's it's a full time <laughs> job. When I when I tore my ACL and I spent four months on my couch not bearing able to move, like every every Sunday I was like, oh, I'm almost to the end of Netflix. And Monday <laughs> would come and there'd be forty new shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watching the new moon night right now, which is incredible. Oh, awesome. Um, I just watched the finale yeah, it, today. It's a great episode. Yeah. Just they're, just, they're crushing it. Marvel's is crushing it. So they're crushing it right now. Wrestling's crushing it. Eric young, you're crushing it right now. we got impact every Thursday, 8 PM on access TV. Obviously got dangle bet Sally every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 10 AM Eastern time in the game plus network and Saturday, yep. this Saturday. Under Siege, Impact World Tag Team title match, uh, Violent by Design versus the Briscoe Brothers. Looking forward to all this stuff. EY, congrats on the gig. Congrats on everything else, man. Great talking today. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Eric for the time. As I said earlier, the condensed version of the interview will be up soon over on DailyDDT.com, so keep an eye out for that in the coming days. But now we throw it to my conversation with Mr. Marceau, and it feels like there's not a lot to talk about, Mr. Marceau, right? It felt like a very relatively quiet week in wrestling. Yeah, I think this might be like an abbreviated show, maybe a 15-minute or, I mean, nothing really big went on. Yeah, nothing really big. Oh, except for the fact that MJF's contract might be up, or it is up in 2024, having some renegotiation issues right now with Tony Khan. We're going to get into that. Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out of Raw, two jokers arriving on Dynamite. We got a lot to get to, Mr. Marceau. I joke, I joke, but, uh, you know, no pun intended with the joker shit, but... I don't even really know where to begin. Do we talk about the Raw stuff? Do we talk about Dynamite last night? I think the Sasha Banks and Naomi store is probably the best way to kick off here. Yeah, I mean, I think that and MGF would be probably be the two biggest topics we could go after. I think so. I think so. We got an abbreviated time. In all seriousness, we do here today. I got to let you go in about 30 minutes. So I do want to get to those top two stories before we get to anything else. But as we already know by this point, the story's you know, three days old by this point, so you probably know most of the details. Sasha Banks and Naomi, the current reigning WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, walking out of Raw on Monday night, reportedly halfway during the show, even if it was beforehand. I guess Vince didn't know about it, apparently, until he was already in Gorilla for Raw, which is why they advertised the six-pack challenge main event before they found out they weren't there. Changed it to Asuka and Becky Lynch instead. Number one contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship at Hell in the Cell against Bianca Belair. But yeah, so there's a lot of different reports out there. <clears throat> I know WWE put out their own statement on Monday um, publicly. It's on their website. It's still there now. And I think they probably tweeted about it as well. That Sasha and Naomi, they had claimed weren't comfortable with two of their opponents in the six-pack challenge, which I don't believe that for a second. The whole statement was poorly worded, but... The fact of the matter is this, is that Sasha Banks and Naomi were not happy with the creative for Monday's Raw, probably the plans for the tag team titles, not happy being told that they mean nothing. Um, and again, these are all coming from Fightful, PW Insider, Meltzer to a degree. Meltzer's very, I mean, I know he's the, the most prolific pro wrestling journalist out there, but he it seems like his sources are a lot more hit or miss than most, So, which is why I kind of more trust Fightful, PW Insider, sources like that, but... um. Yeah, they've reported that. They just weren't happy with the creative in that. Even if Naomi was going to win the main event of Raw and go on to face Bianca at the next pay-per-view, Sasha very likely would have faced Ronda, that they just weren't happy with the fact that tag team titles clearly were not a priority for the company. Which is weird to me. And again, I don't disagree with them. They just aren't. 
But again, this is nothing new. We've talked about it before. Um, I wouldn't condone walking out of Raw for that, but as I've told other people on Twitter, it seems like it was more of a culmination thing than anything as far as at least Sasha Banks is concerned. I know Cameron, our favorite Arian from Total Divas, and she was in the Deadly Draw Tournament in AEW, and she was in the uh, in the Rumble earlier this year. Um, I know she did an interview the other day, and you know, not that she knows everything about Naomi or that she's talked to her since Monday, but she had said this doesn't really seem like something that Naomi would do. And I agree. I mean, just from the little interaction I've had with her and just knowing her, I mean, just not knowing her as a person, but I don't know. It doesn't really seem like Naomi would walk out of Raw over something like this. Sasha Banks, on the other hand, I could totally believe that, absolutely. Considering not the exact same thing, but something similar did happen three years ago, coming out of WrestleMania 35 when she was just like, I mean, that was for a little bit of a different reason. She was burnt out. She was depressed. Had all these other, I think, mental health issues at that point, which she's talked about publicly. Totally understandable, but, you know, it was kind of along those lines. This was just more so, I, I don't even know if that was a factor in this case. This was more just, um, we're not happy with the creative here. We're heading home. And I'm not sure it's going to be worked out. So before we get into the, the other details here, that's really just the main gist. But I talked about it enough. I literally talked about it for a fucking half an hour on Wednesday on Hashtag. So I don't want to go on any further. I want to get your two cents, Mr. Marceau, and hear what your take on the situation is. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a, a huge story. Um, interesting story. Like you said, I, I, I mean, when I saw the news, I think the first thing I thought of was this is more of a Sasha thing than Naomi. Like you said, I just... I mean, I just don't think, especially with her husband working there, and, I mean, she's been with the company so long, I just, I mean, she's had way worse creative at this point, so I, I would be surprised if this was, like, the one that broke the camel's back, but uh, I think this is more of a Sasha thing. I mean, the thing I just don't really understand is, like, they're saying, oh, our creative's bad, whatever. I get that to a point. Someone's like, oh, they, you know, they were promised these, these main event matches at WrestleMania, which didn't happen, which... I guarantee Sasha was probably going to face Charlotte if Ronda didn't come back, mm-hmm. which I really agree. Naomi, I mean, I mean, Bianca and Becky was basically the story pretty much since SummerSlam, so I really don't know where you're going to slate her in. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe that one as much, but I get it. I get it. Like they were told that you know we're going to put you in a tag team. They put the best effort they did for it, but them saying, "Oh, well, we want better creative." The, the team, the division, like you were made a team to go into a division that every other team is a made-up team as well. And then the other two teams you faced, Selena and Carmella, I haven't been on Raw since they lost the belt, basically. Rhea and Liv broke up, and now we're in something that has nothing to do with the tag team division. They were teasing to basically begin Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. So you literally have two teams there, and then Naomi, or not Naomi, Natalia and Shayna, and they basically meant nothing. So you're complaining about creative in a division that literally has no division which i mean i get it like but it's i just don't understand i guess their point of like oh we the tag team division needs to be taken more seriously but the division's never been taken seriously they have no teams they've never had any teams when you got the belts they had no teams they've broken up the one of the two teams they even had at this point i just i mean i understand and they also said that they want the belts to mean more, and they don't want to be putting over the main champions. But, I mean, what else are they going to do? Oh, we're, we wanted to face Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. Like, are you serious? You'd rather face them for titles that mean legitimately nothing than face the women's champions on both shows? I mean, I guess they're going to both lose, but, I mean, what's better, what's worse creative? Like, that's probably the best creative they're going to get in the, in the interim, mm-hmm. face champion. I mean... I don't know. It's a tough situation. I, I think walking out was definitely not the right idea. 
I mean, that doesn't really show much. I mean, it just kind of says, oh, we don't like our burrito, so we're just going to leave. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just feel like they're mad that the tag team titles don't mean anything. They haven't meant anything since basically since they became a thing. They were going to face the two champions. I don't know really how much better creative you could really have. I know you're going to lose, but, I mean, you're still facing the champions. They've been on the shows way more as the tag champions yep. as anyone else has. Um, they've been booked strong. They've had two title defenses already. Exactly. I mean, I say, they've been booked strong. I mean, I, re- I really, at the end of the day, really don't know what else they really wanted besides, I guess, they'd they rather face Dewdrop and Nikki Ash at, at Hell in a Cell, I guess. I, I, I mean, that's what I kind of take out of it. I mean... I, I just don't really think they have a really good light to stand on. If their real gripe is that the tag team titles don't mean anything, because they never have, they basically at this point never will, because like I said, they have no teams. They never have had teams. The fact that they even have NXT tag team titles to women's stupid, let alone the main roster. So I just, I, I just feel like it's hard to have sympathy for them when they really don't have a light to stand on. Like I said, I think I'd be I'd be more mad if I was them that they had to face Nikki Ash and Dewdrop than them facing Ronda and Bianca. At least like you're facing the main champions and getting on the show. Like you said, they've been booked strong. I mean, I don't know if I really believe the the that they didn't feel comfortable with two people in the ring. I mean, compare like theoretically, it'd probably be Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. Obviously, I, I don't think they'd say Becky Becky was a problem there. But um, I don't know. I, I listened to Cornette talk about it. He basically said that he thought. They might have said, like, dropped something like that. Like, they didn't want to do it. So they just kind of like, oh, well, you know, we're not comfortable with these two people. So that's what we want to do. It. And they just said it, like, to whoever they talked to. And then the office used it to kind of, like, make them look bad. But I don't think it was, like, a serious thing. Yeah, I think they may have misinterpreted that to the sense where I, I could totally believe that that's not the case and that they only had said, we don't want to work. I, I, I feel like they could have said, and this is just breaking down that one line because the rest of the statement wasn't. I don't know, I just kind of felt like they put that out there just to kind of save face before all the other details came out so they can get the story out there first. I don't agree with that. The thing is, is they don't do any other statements for any other incidents that happened in this company. There's quite a bit. Not quite to this extent, but it was definitely weird. Like, oh, we didn't give you your main event, so we got to explain why. Like, you, are you telling me you're going to explain why Sasha and Naomi weren't there on Raw, but you're not going to tell me where Sasha Banks was when she was supposed to be Bianca at a much bigger pay-per-view at SummerSlam? And assumingly that was a health issue. We don't need to know about that. But as far as, like... They didn't bother explaining that or telling us ahead of time Bianca was not going to be there. uh, Not Bianca, I'm sorry, Sasha. Um, You're not going to tell us that Sasha won't be at the pay-per-view, but, like, the fact they weren't on Raw in a pointless... The six-pack challenge main event, I didn't really give a fuck about anyway. It was incredibly random. Why would four tag team women be involved in a number one contenders match? Naomi winning would have been different, I guess, but she's a SmackDown star. It's fucking random. But I get the sense that they had told someone there that they didn't want to work with Nikki and Dewdrop because they would rather save that for another time or they would rather do it at the pay-per-view. There was a report indicating that Sasha would have been pinned by Naomi, but then it later came out that Naomi would have won by pinning Nikki or something. So it's not like... I think I would have a little bit more... I would understand a little bit more. And again, we're only speaking on Thursday. I'm sure there's obviously plenty more to the story than what we know right now because we haven't even heard from Sasha and Naomi. They haven't been active on social media at all, understandably. Um... You know, I don't, I don't believe that they weren't comfortable in working with them. I just think they would rather hold off on that. But just the whole, you know, we would rather defend the titles and all this other stuff, it just seems like a really weird thing to walk out on when when you would have been giving more exposure to those titles by facing Ronda and Bianca, respectively, on the next pay-per-view. Granted, they wouldn't have won, but 
I don't know. It just seems like a really weird thing to walk out on, unless it was a culmination thing. And again, I feel like it was. We've talked about before, Sasha getting dumped from the Rumble in 10 minutes by Zelina Vega, which was so fucking random. Like, why would they do that? Why didn't she get upset? She probably was upset then, but for this to be, like you said, the, as I've said many times before, the straw that broke the camel's back to me is what really just bewilders me about this whole thing. The rest of the WWE statement was bizarre, and I feel like they just put that kind of out there, just again, like I said, save face. But, you know, with, with Naomi, with Sasha, it's just a very weird situation, and I'm not even sure they're going to be back as the thing, too. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I mean, like I said, I think the company put it out. I think it's different than the Sasha leaving, because that was more like a mental thing. I think this one was more, they put a statement out, because they know it's going to be a he said, she said. They want to stay, like I said, they want to stay face or look like the baby face in the scenario, so they put out the statement. But, like I said, I just, I just, like you said, I think I agree with you that the the belt, even though they weren't going to win, they've been on TV a lot. They've been on Raw and SmackDown. Like, when Zelina and Carmella were champions, they were basically just on Raw when when they they were the champions. So, they've been on Raw and SmackDown, even though they're SmackDown wrestlers. Even though they weren't going to win, they were going to be in the main event of Raw, and Naomi was going to win. Uh, they were both going to face the main champions. Yeah, they're going to lose, but at least like acknowledging the championship, but then you can go on and face Zelina or Udrop and Nikki Ass. So, I mean, it's tough. I feel like, like you said, I think if, if, if Sasha had left after Royal Rumble after getting dumped in five minutes, I think I'd have more sympathy because that was just like, she was off TV and comes back, it's immediately dropped. I, this made no sense. So if, if, if that was what happened, I'd be more on their side. This one just seems like, Saucer's just mad that she's not going to be put over and left. And then Naomi just was like her partner, so she just joined with her to show some solidarity. That's exactly it. I feel like as far as Naomi goes, not that she's not in the wrong here, but I feel like this was more of a Sasha thing, and it would have made Naomi look bad if she didn't join her in walking out of the show. Um, I don't know, man. The whole Sasha thing is weird. She's always giving me weird vibes as far as that sort of stuff goes, and I can't say I'm surprised if the report is accurate. That the Maybe not the entire roster, because I had read reports, oh, she has zero sympathy backstage. I don't know if I believe that. I mean, there's a lot of people on that roster, and Sasha, say what you will about her, but, you know, she has a lot of support from a lot of women backstage, a lot of men backstage, a lot of people that work there as officials and whatever. So I don't know if I believe that necessarily, but I would agree, it does seem like a, maybe not a punk situation, because that wasn't exactly a booking thing. I think it was more of like a Stone Cold thing, where Stone Cold wasn't happy with the way that Raw was being... You know, he didn't want to do the job to Brock Lesnar on Raw. And I get it, it wasn't a Raw match, but you shouldn't have walked out. And I feel like the rest of the roster, how do you think they're feeling? Because it's not like Sasha and Naomi walking out is going to change anything drastically for the better. Do you think they're going to start caring about those tag team titles now that Sasha and Naomi probably aren't going to be there anymore? No, they're not going to give a fuck. If anything, they would discontinue them, which I don't think is going to happen, but... It's not like they're going to all of a sudden care about the women's tag team titles. Oh, we're going to hold you up over women's tag team titles. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a shit. I mean, they might push them for a month, but that's about it. So, I don't know. I feel like with Sasha, depending on where her contract is up, Naomi had heard her contract might be up, and the fact that, not that Sasha's not well-liked backstage, but I don't don't know about that. I can't really speak to that, because, again, we don't work there. I have no clue. But it is interesting to hear reports like that from quite credible sources indicating that they don't have a lot of, uh, you know, the, the the roster isn't really supporting them because I think the mindset there is, hey, well, listen, we got to deal with bad creative all the time and we don't fucking walk out or make a boo-boo face about it. You know what I mean? I feel like just deal with it. It really wasn't even that bad. So what's the big deal? Yeah, I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, it's like I said, everyone deals with bad creative. Everyone does. I mean, I just feel like this is not the, like you said, I just feel like this wasn't the, the way to 
to leave. I think there's worse things that have happened that they they would have more line to say. It's like it's not like they put her in the twenty four seven division. She's running around like Dan Brock. I mean, she's she's on the show constantly. She's going for a main. So they're both going to go for main titles. I mean, they're on the show all the time. It's not like they're not on the show. I mean, I I feel like even like. I feel like Becky Lynch back in like before she was even relevant, like had a better reason to be because she was just never on the show or she was like Charlotte's little bitch. I mean, you say that she left then when she was never on SmackDown, like she just wasn't even on the show. Imagine she just left then, then nothing would happen. So I, I feel like everyone has bad creative, but I, I don't, I don't, I can see why people might not have sympathy because I just don't think this was the right time to leave. If that was your complaint. I mean, listen, they're entirely justified to feel frustrated creatively, creatively with the women's tag team division or lack thereof. But I feel like after all this time, I mean, from when Sasha left, I mean, I don't think it was, it wasn't the loss of the tag team titles of WrestleMania that really bothered her. Again, it was a culmination of a lot of different things, but I, I don't know. It's not like she really needs them anyway. They don't really need her, though. I don't feel like, and they do, they do. WWE needs Sasha more than she needs them. But like, mm-hmm. again... I mean, I would argue that, personally. I think she would do well outside of WWE as far as appearances and stuff. I'm not saying they need to keep... I think they'd be dumb to just let her go or fire her. But I feel like you need to make an example out of the situation and that you can't just walk out. I mean, if you just walk out and then they just bring her back and push her again, what sort of message does that send? Yeah, it doesn't send a good one. I honestly... I mean, I hate... I know people hate to hear this, but, I mean, Sasha is a big deal. I, I hate to break it to some of these people. If, if they let her go, it wouldn't change anything. She's a big star, but it, 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 it kind of goes to the mindset that people don't want to believe. The WWE is so big, is based on the brand. It is not based on one single dollar person. At this when person, ben, it is, yeah. Yeah, did the division need someone else? Yeah, but then they had Bianca Belair step up. Charlotte's going to be gone. I mean, they'll fill in another person. I I, I mean, I, love, I think Sasha's great. I don't think she's been pushed amazing for what she probably should have been. Like, I think she should have been a bigger champion. She should only be a heel, I mean. The fact that they keep making her face and heel, I just don't get it. Like, she should just be like Charlotte, just basically be a straight heel. But, like, yeah, I think she should have been, she definitely should have been had more championship runs and had longer reigns with the title and all that jazz. But, I mean, I just don't think this was the reason to step out. And I just, I think people are like, oh, they're, they're, they lose so much out if they left, lost her. It's like, no, they just put someone else in that position and push them up the card. It happens all the time. Yeah, I would say the only person that really. I mean, it would probably <clears throat> make the most difference if they weren't there is Roman Reigns. I mean, if Roman well, Reigns, yeah. that's that's yeah, probably yeah. the only real difference maker as far as exactly because I know. feel like they, especially on SmackDown alone, they've literally built the whole show around him. Yeah, and that's is, a problem, but yeah, yeah, we know <laughs> that's that's a conversation for another. Well, we day, talked but. about it last week already. You know, we talked about it already as far as if he leaves and poses a problem for WWE this summer. If Sasha leaves, what are we down a tag team? I mean, again, it's a it's a big loss. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a very big loss. But I don't want this to make it sound like WWE needs to bend over backwards to give her everything she's ever wanted. Because as I've said before, when the tag team thing ran its course, anyway, first of all, it's not like they were telling if they told Sasha and Naomi, "Oh, we're gonna break you up," and I'd be like, "Why?" Like they didn't do that though. They were just said, "We're gonna put you in different matches at the next pay per view." Very likely is what happened, and they didn't like that. If they broke him up, I wouldn't really have a big deal with it. I mean, the tag titles don't mean anything. I have the egg on my face, people. It's still still runny. The, <laughs> egg, the egg yellow is runny still on my face. A terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't Honestly, know. Honestly, I don't mind them breaking up because I think Sasha's better as a heel, so you can just have her turn on Naomi. And That's there you go. the thing. A- I feel like they're, it's just like it's not like she's been 
on the bottom of the barrel for like her entire time with the company, or even lately. I mean, she headlined WrestleMania a year ago. She should have been doing she she should have been doing more Mania this year. Like the tag team title stuff means absolutely nothing. No one really cares. I do want to care. Most some people do care, and I like the women involved. It's not their fault, and the matches are fine. The belts themselves. How can I care about a feud over a pair of titles that mean as much as the belt around my waist right now? As we talk about every single week. That's just what it is. And I feel like as soon as the team ran its course anyway, she would have been back in the main title picture. It's not like she would have just been... Have we ever seen Sasha chase the 24-7 title? I mean, come on. We're not talking about Dana Brooke-level treatment here. She has always been a big deal. I don't know where she was when she disappeared for a little while after the Rumble. Like, again, of all the times that Sasha has been, like, underutilized, that would have been it. I mean, she was doing fucking nothing at that point. That was bizarre to me. That could have been, maybe she had, like, other things going on that we don't know. Maybe, like, that no, been- that's true. But even still, I mean, they just didn't, I, the, the Rumble thing was just like, listen, I'm not Sasha's biggest fan. I don't have her t-shirt sitting right next to me, but it's like, 10 minutes, and she got dumped by Zelina? What, what the fuck was that? That was weird. This is like, all right, I don't see anything wrong with the booking here, honestly, really at all. I don't think that's that big of a deal. And listen, I do understand the frustrations over the tag team title stuff, like I said, but what did you expect? I mean, Sasha's that's, been here before. You know, that's what you just said. I just don't understand it. That no, that I think that's at the end of the day. That's what my. That's why I don't have sympathy because that, that it's not. It's not like they're the Road Warriors and they're in this big stack division in the nineties. And like, you know what? We're gonna have you face both the champions. You're gonna lose both, and that's gonna kill their credibility as tag team champions when tag teams actually meant something. Nowadays, the tag team title, the women, literally is useless. And I hate that they might have thought that maybe they were told they were going to take it more seriously. But like I said, they've had three teams that mean anything going into WrestleMania. They're all makeshift. After WrestleMania, after Zelina and Carmella lost them, they haven't been on the show since, basically. Rhea and Liv broke up and doing something that's honestly way better than they did in the fucking tag team division. And now you have Sasha and, and Naomi. And like... They're going to make another team for you to face with Dewdrop and Nikki Ash, like anyone cares. And then you're going to beat them. And then then what? You're going to make up another team for you to face? I mean, there's no division, so I just don't really understand why this is, like, the last thing. If Sasha's more pissed about not facing Charlotte, and then she was mad that then she would have to job out the Ronda, okay. But if they're saying it's just the script of the tag titles, then they have no light to stand on. No, not really. And I'm sure there is more to it, which is why I'm not going to say, oh, you know, like, they're completely in the wrong here. Fuck them. Because the company's at fault, too, to an extent, absolutely. But, I mean, there, there has to be more. And I'm sure there will be more. And we don't need to know everything. But it just on the surface, it's it's very it's a very strange situation. So we'll talk more about it in the weeks to come as more details emerge, probably next week if uh, there's any new information by next Thursday. Do you want to talk about the MJF thing as we wind down here and then a little bit about Dynamite? Uh, you know, as we've spoken before, MJF contract up in 2024. The big report right now is that, you know, his contract is up then. He's not happy with the amount of money he's making. And I guess this started with the whole Ariel Hawani thing when he did that interview. Um, and it wasn't, he didn't get permission from AEW first. We just talked about the whole, you know, PR process with them. That's just kind of how it is over there as far as, like, you need to run everything. But which is, I mean, it makes sense for any company, really. But they're very strict with certain stuff. So I can I can attest that. I can see why that would make sense. So him doing that without their permission, I could see why that would bother them. I guess that was really the catalyst for all his frustration because now he's not happy with the amount of money he's making. He was signed under a certain deal when he was basically a nobody back in 2019. He's become a much bigger star. He's the best part of Dynamite. He's literally carrying the show every single week. I was not a Dynamite fan last night. Wasn't a fan of the show. He was the best thing on the entire episode. Him and Wardlow, their feud has been great. 
That being said, uh, he's worth a lot more now than he was three years ago. He wants more money. Tony Khan reportedly offered him a new deal, but said, "Hey, listen, if you stick around, if you're gonna, if you want more money, you got to stick around and resign for another three years or five years." MGF apparently said no because he wants his free agency in 2022. Which, I mean, you can't complain about the money thing if you still want to, if you still want to test the waters in or 2024. I'm sorry, 2024. Um, and still maybe check out WWE. And at this point, I guess the belief is that he might go to WWE. So, again, I talked a little bit about this already on Hashtag on Wednesday. I'm curious what your thoughts are on the situation. Yeah, I mean, I think this is more of a contract negotiation, more of a sports contract. I know the cons aren't the greatest at this either with the football world. But, I mean, seemingly MGF came in the company, like you said, very unknown. Basically, right off MLW TV, I can only imagine how low his deal is. Now he's... Basically, since he's gone, I would say since he beat Cody, I think he's been one of, if not the top star on the company, probably pushing a lot. His ratings are highest, highest rating. His, every time the show, his segments are usually the best. His matches, when he has them, are usually the best. I mean, at this point, he's probably outdone his contract. And like he said in interviews, it pisses him off, which I can only imagine, when they hire all these ex-WWE guys that are then making way more money than he is, and they're not moving anything, and they're not producing anything and he's the main part of the show I, I i think if tony khan was smart which we know that he's not the smartest guy of all time that he should offer just like a contract negotiation you should say hey you know what you've outweighed your contract because clearly i could only like i said i don't know how much he's making but i guarantee it's not a lot because off mlw tv not really a known entity you, you know what we'll give you more money for now and like sweeten the pot and then yeah, maybe he'll leave when he's free agent, but at least if you sweeten the pot now and show a commitment, more commitment, maybe he'll give you a benefit of the doubt when it came to, to the negotiations. It doesn't seem like that's what they did. They just want him to sign for more money, but then they're going to extend him, which, I mean, just like any kind of negotiations in the sport world, yeah, maybe we'll give you some more now, but maybe he's maybe he's like taking a lesser deal, which when he comes to free agency, he knows that WWE will offer him a lot of money too. So then they can then bid each other against each other. So, I mean, I, I think realistically, if they should have seen once he became a star that they should maybe rip up that contract he had at that time, offer him way more money. Because like you said, seemingly week by week, month by month, year over year, he's the most enjoyable part of the show. He's had the best matches, segments, best part of Dynamite every week. You would think that they might want to, I don't know, sweeten the pot. Like I said, they're bringing all these WWE guys. I, I mean... I, I like Malachi Black and them, but I mean, I don't think they can even like like MJF said, hold his jock. I mean, he's consistently the best every week. So I mean, I would have given him more money once it started to seem like he was the big a bigger deal in the company. But seemingly they're hiring all these WWE guys, and I can see why it doesn't sit well with them. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the Cody thing too. I mean, seemingly, I mean, he didn't ever confirm this because he, I mean, why would he? But I think part of the reason was he just wasn't being offered what he felt he was worth. And then he went to WWE, probably got a much sweeter deal from them, and he signed. And now he's been his star lately. I mean, that might not be the case in six months from now, but so far it is. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to offer MJF the world right now because, like you said, they're giving, I'm sure Malachi Black, Miro, all those other people are being paid way more than he is because they were coming off WWE deals and getting that WWE money. They're not getting MLW money. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just feel like they probably should have figured this out in 2020 because even at that point, dude, he was still a big deal even then. Like, you said that, like, 
he's been not a main eventer, but <clears throat> on the cusp of main eventing for years now. I mean, he faced Moxley in the main event of that all-out pay-per-view in 2020 for the world title. I mean, he faced Cody Rhodes and beat him at the Revolution pay-per-view. I mean, why weren't they figuring the shit out then as opposed to waiting until... Specifically on his end, why, why, why is he waiting until 2022 when his deal is up in two years? I mean, I just feel like the whole pay him more in the meantime to sweeten the pot. Do you think that sets a precedent, though, with other people where, like, all right, what, if he's getting a pay raise, then I should get a pay raise, too, and then it just becomes an issue with everyone else on the roster? Uh, I mean... Th- that's the only thing working against it, no, is the thing. No, well, I mean, what do you think used to happen back in the day? I think it's, I mean, back in the day, that clearly happened, and I feel like they might have kept it on better under better wraps. Obviously, now, with it so vocal, I mean, yeah. now yeah. you're just setting a precedent, but, I mean, if they went back to him, like you said, in 2020, when he started to move merch and be the highest rated segments and all that stuff, and they said, hey, you know what? We'll rip up your contract now. We'll give you a new contract for what you're worth. And it just really didn't get reported. Yeah, now it's out there, and if it happened, it'd be reported on. So I think now it's a little too late. But, I mean, I think they should have, when they when the numbers were starting to come out that he was a big deal, they should have probably done that. Because now, like you said, I feel like now he's kind of made his, they basically both made their bets because, they're not going to pay him more money unless he stays, which, I mean, he's probably taking pennies on the dollar if he stays for an extension because he has no idea what WWE would offer him, and I doubt. And I bet you'd be more than what AEW is offering now. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's a weird situation, like I said. It, it's kind of like a, it's like I said, it's like a sports negotiation. Like, he's paid X amount. He's clearly outdone his contract. He wants more money, and like I said. And it's, it's not like it's like him just saying, I'm the best thing. Like, it's proven that he's probably moving a lot of merch. Highest segments on the show, yada yada yada. So clearly, he should be getting paid more. I mean, I, I think I think he has way more leverage, and he has a ton. He has more leverage than Sasha and Naomi have combined times twenty. So, I mean, I, I think they've made their beds though. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I will say, it's tw- if it was twenty twenty three, I think it'd be more exciting. Twenty twenty four, we have two more years of this shit. That's mm-hmm. one that kind of right by. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, anything can change between now and then. The belief, like I said, is that he might be headed to WWE when his contract is up. Anything can change. They're bound to smooth things over before then. They're bound to work something out. And it's impossible to make a prediction in 2022. But do you think he is, you know, uh, WWE, uh, could be WWE bound? Do you think he would do well there? Because that's another question. Like, does he make the jump and get paid a lot of money, but they obviously water him down? He wouldn't be the same over there talking about, like, abortion and stuff. And he's, he's made a lot of off-color jokes and AEW that would obviously never fly in WWE. And understandably so. But as others have said, I think it's worth the risk. If Cody's still a big star by 2024, why wouldn't he give that a shot? My mentality with anything has always been, even if there's a chance that might not go right, he may look like an idiot for going over to WWE when the creative isn't the best. But at least you can say you tried it, he did it, it didn't work out. I mean, I wouldn't sign a 10-year deal with them, but if he can work out an 18-month out clause or something, or a two-year deal or a three-year deal, then I, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. And at least to give it a shot, if it doesn't work out, he's young enough to work, he can always go off and do something else. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said that pretty much with all the people coming out. Even with Adam Cole, I was like, honestly, it's just maybe a year deal worth a shot, why not? Especially, I think MJF's a different case. I mean, I think... He, he's going to get top, top money. So I think if for him, it, why wouldn't you? I mean, at that point, we might not have a Roman Reigns around. At that time, Bobby Lashley might be slowing down. So yeah, there is room at the upper card for someone like him to kind of just be thrusted right into it. And like I said, even with Cody, I mean, Cody's going to be two years older at that time as well. So, I mean, it could be that the WWE, like you said, he could have fucking favor nations clause at that point with what the, with, with the roster is going to look at at that point. So who knows? 
Anything can change between now and 2024, like I said. So we'll have to keep tabs on and see what happens and what the landscape of both companies looks like by that point. Uh, as we wind down here, Mr. Marcel, I want to get your quick thoughts on the Jokers for last night men's and women's Owen Hart Cup tournaments on Dynamite. Maki Ito, the women's uh, Joker for the women's Owen Hart Cup. I mean, we all remember her. I mean, they were like, oh, was she teamed with Britt Baker at Revolution? There's history there. I don't think anyone either remembered that or gave a fuck. And then Johnny Elite, the former John Morrison, answering the men one, the men's uh you know, tournament as the Joker entering that. I mean, I thought that was cool. I'm a John Morrison fan. I don't know if they signed him. I would be surprised if they didn't. Um, then it becomes a question of what do you do with them? I haven't seen the graphic yet, so I'm not even really sure if he is, if he is going to sign full time. And if he doesn't, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, he's not like a Keith Lee where it's like, it's a must sign. He can be a world champion. I mean, he's, he's towards not the end of his career, but he's like in his forties now. It's just not the same. So, um, you know, even still, I thought it was cool to see him. He had a good match with Joe. That was fine. The Maki Ito stuff. I really, I know you would agree. I just couldn't give two fucks about personally, but I know she has her fans and she's over with some people, but it's a very divisive, uh, decisive, whatever, uh, divisive, uh, gimmick. As far as some people like it, some people fucking hate it. I'm in the latter category personally. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I think like you said, Johnny Morrison, John Elite, whatever the hell you want to call him. I'm just going to call him John Morrison. Cause that's what I know him by. I think he's like a perfect example of somebody bring in, for something like this as a one-off, like, good size name, but, like, you don't need to turn the lights out. It's not going to, like, break the world. But, like you said, he's on the end of his career. He can still work a little bit. I mean, he had a couple botches last night, but, I mean, that's kind of just happens when you go to go to AEW. Just the botches come out of you sometimes. But uh, I thought it was a good match. Like I said, perfect scenario for someone like him. I don't think he'll get signed. I think it's he's better than a one-off because if they sign him, where, where do you really put him? They have plenty of other people that... They just don't even use. So I, I mean, I don't see that happening. Makito, I, I honestly just don't understand their appeal. She's not good in the ring. She's not good on the mic. She's just not good at all. I just don't see that. I just don't get it. I mean, I wanted to tweet it out, but I figured I'd get eviscerated. Like, what makes her appealing? But I know people would fucking trash me. So, but I just don't get it. I don't understand. Like, she doesn't do any good. Like, her work's not good. She's just not, I just don't, yeah, she's just not good. I don't get it. Yeah, no, I mean, I I can understand the appeal to a certain extent. I mean, she's different enough to where the whole singing thing, she doesn't give a fuck, she flips people off. I mean, listen, I'm different in that I understand the appeal, but I'm not a fan. That's not for me personally. That's not my cup of tea. Um, I think think she's a fine worker from what I've seen, but what I saw last night with Britt didn't really impress me. I felt like that was the poor placement for someone like her, though, because I think people were... I mean, we're, you had to have been disappointed, right? I mean, there were there were rumors of, and I know you're not her biggest fan, but Athena, the former Ember Moon, you got Taya Valkyrie in free agency. You have, don't want to say Nia Jax or Lana, because who would give a shit, but, you know, someone like a Tegan Knox or a Mia Yim who just went to Impact, bring her in, or someone else from Impact, like a Jordan Grace or someone, I feel like would have been a bigger deal than, than Maki Ito, which is, to me, that is the definition of entertaining, not even like, oh, the hardcore shit, like with the New Japan Forbidden Door stuff that people were arguing, oh, this is a very niche thing. The whole AEW audience is into that stuff, and I'm into it too, so I get it. This is even different. I mean, not even the whole AEW audience is into the whole Maki Ito thing. It's such a niche, niche, niche thing. And maybe she is popular enough, and I'm just, I'm, I'm getting the whole popularity of Maki Ito wrong, but I feel like they think that she's a bigger deal than she actually is, and they overestimated how well that would go over on Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, it's, she's, like you said, I think she's extremely niche. I just, I don't know. I just think, honestly, I'd rather have Anna Jay in the tournament. 
I'd rather have Ty Connie in the tournament. I mean, I mean, I guess they both would have lost, but I just how the hell was Anna Jay not even in the tournament? Something I don't understand. She but... didn't even have a chance to qualify. I don't think. <laughs> so I, I just, I mean, I just don't get it. Like you said, I just—it's it, such a niche. Like you said, I just don't. I just don't get it. I like. I don't even know how to explain it. I just don't understand the appeal. She's like I said. I the, the match last night didn't do her any favors in my department. It just wasn't really good match. I mean, the things that she did was just stupid comedy, dumb outlaw bullshit that I just don't like. So last night just didn't help her case in my books, and I, I really don't understand the appeal of her. And were I you, felt bad. I felt bad for Brett, honestly. <laughs> were you one of the people that thought it might have been Johnny Gargano coming out when you saw Johnny on the screen? Uh, no, because I was on Twitter and saw that it was John Morrison. Okay, I mean, a lot of people, Alexis included, thought it was Johnny Gargano at first. He trended and people thought it was him. At this point, I'm not even sure if he's coming in. I know he's spending time with his newborn kid and whatever. Candace, too. I just feel like, I don't know, real quickly on, on this, I'll get your 10 seconds thoughts on this. Is it more likely he goes back to WWE or do you think he ends up somewhere else? I feel like it's more likely at this point, now that Candace has gone from WWE as well, that they just, they don't go back and they go they go do something else. Yeah, I mean, I would say that once I saw Candice left the company, I feel it's a better chance that they're not going to go back. But, I mean, I just... It's, I mean, it really is tough, because it's like you either go back, and, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to put either of them on the main roster. I mean, I think she'd probably have a better chance than he did, honestly. I mean, you go to AEW, I mean, the, the, the roster's so bored at this point, they probably wouldn't do anything with you. It'd be a dark all the time. Impact, you'd probably be at a higher level, but I mean, you no one really watches Impact, so it's like, is it even worth it at that point? I don't know. It's tough. I feel like, yeah. I mean, they need another. Realistically, they need another place for people to work. Like if NXT was a its own brand again, I, I think I'd, I would say definitely think of that. Or if Ring of Honor is actually going to be a thing, but I, I, I don't know. I think at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. really don't. If NXT it's, was a better I, show, I'd take it back there. I think they all have pauses, but they all have big detractors as well. Yeah, I mean, WWE just isn't hiring any indie people anymore, and NXT is just mostly fucking awful. So, I mean, that yeah, that's that probably the biggest detractor than anything else, right? Yeah, and like I said, it's just I feel like WWE are on the biggest platform, but like I don't think, like I said, specifically him, I don't think he'd do anything on the main roster. Maybe NXT 2.0, they're not going to use them, and the show's trash uh <laughs> aw it's like okay like you'd be running for a week people will be buzzworthy and then after they sign the next xwe person you'll just be on dark so it's like that even worth it impact just not a big enough level so it's tough i mean i would say this at this point either maybe pick dates and go from there but I really don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not Cody Rhodes, and they're not being brought, brought into WWE to be this big main event star. Like it's, I mean, Johnny Gargano and Cal- Candice both are tremendously talented, but I just don't see a future for them in WWE. But like you said, in AEW, they'd probably be lost in the shuffle as well. Even Candice, the more women they bring in, and I think they have a great women's division, a lot of them we don't even see on TV. So not really sure that's much of an answer either. And in what division? What? You said if they brought her in, she'd be a great addition, but they're never on TV. We said AEW. Yeah. Yeah, for women's. Yeah, yeah for the women's division in AEW. They have a yeah. very good division. They're just never really fo- – they're not really a priority there. That's the problem. 
Don't say it on Twitter. I mean, I think a lot of people would agree with the women's division there. I mean, they could be booked better and they could use more television time, but it is what it is. We've talked a lot about that before, and I'm sure we will again in the future. But we'll have a lot more to say about Double or Nothing next week, Mr. Marceau, as we break down the pay-per-view, do previews, predictions, all that other sort of stuff. And I'll be seeing you next Sunday. So like I said, get that bed ready. Not your bed, obviously, but get the guest red, get the best bed, uh, guest bed ready and fire up the uh, chicken or whatever you're going to be making that day because I'll be I'll just, just fluff the pillows for you. Yeah, start fluffing those pillows again. I'll be very pumped to be there next Sunday until I change plans and we don't show up. <laughs> I'll walk out like Sasha. I mean, I don't want to joke about that. That's a serious thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow, boo. Well, and what I meant to say was, well, we won't walk out, but plans will change, and the advertised appearance of uh, Graham and Alexis at the Marceau's won't happen. I can't wait to cancel the grab and put out an official statement. <laughs> can't wait. Mr. Marceau, have a great one, brother. I'll talk to you next week. See you later, man. Adios.